This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we're back in the locker room. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you so much. It's Greg Wolfley, Max Starks, and of course, the ninja, Jacob, back in the uh, production room over there, looking at me through the glass and keeping all things going and, and moving forward. Can't do it without the ninja, that's for sure. You're listening to ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, Max, one of the things that uh, we, we uh, I wanted to talk about was, you know, and we have mentioned the sacks before, but from 2017 to 2020, the Steelers D, you know, was was out there. I mean, they were hot and hostile. They're getting 50 sacks or more uh, every season. Now their current pace is just we are on that 43 sack sacaronious pace. Uh, you know, that's um, that's a little bit off what they've been doing the last four years. But T.J. White is seven. Cam Hayward, two. Devin Bush, two. Alex Highsmith chips in with one and a half. And, of course, we all know the loss of Steph Tuitt and Tyson Alu-Alu as, as, you know, brings down the pass rush a little bit. But Bud Dupree, you know, it, Bud, you know, a lot of people say, well, we don't have Bud in that. Well, Bud just got his first sack last Sunday. You know, he's yeah. been coming back from that knee injury. And so I don't think that's a valid thing to sit there and say, you know, Bud, because Bud is – you know, having overcoming a similar knee injury, just like Devin Bush. But the fact is, guys got to start winning their third, their their one on one matchups. You got to get in the long third downs. But we need somebody to step up with Cam Hayward on that inside to create some more mayhem. Yeah, we we need we need uh, what we call dam breakers, right? Right. The offensive line is is, is a dam that's holding back the defense and. We need some dam breakers, guys who can break through those lines and put and put pressure on that wall they're trying to create. And so, you know, we've had a lot of guys who created cracks, but we haven't had a guy that's obliterated the dam. So, you know, that's what we need to see the growth. Like you said, Isaiah Loudermilk is coming along. Isaiah Bugs is coming along. They're not there yet. And right now, we put a lot on Chris Wormley to produce right now. Right. Um, alongside Cam, and you'd argue that he's your your second most productive D lineman, uh, you know. But yeah, not having Tyson who who can who can shoulder that burden, and who can be just a boulder and a wedge. Um, you know, Isaiah has not lived up to that. He's a taller guy. He's a different type of big dude. So he's got to find his own personal niche. And like you said, not having step to it. I mean, obviously, a, a, a craft artisan. Of, of the sack in the TFL, if, <laughs> if you'd like to call it using fancy words. But I think that, that that's, what, that's what's missing because you put that pressure, that forces flow to your outside backers. And what happens when outside backers get flow to them? They put backs on grounds. Absolutely. And that, and that in turn gives that secondary that much more time to be elite. That, that extra step we talk about to be in the right position – and instead of it being a PBU, it's an INT. Yes. You know, those are the differences. And, yeah, it co- it all starts with that D-line and finding another dam breaker in there that can go in and actually cause that havoc. Now, I know I'm, I, I got to believe you've seen this movie before, uh, Princess Bride with Andre the Giant. 
But of course. But <laughs> yeah. of course. All right. All right. Now, because you were just talking about the fact, you know, it's like a dam. You got to be a dam breaker. I always love the fact, Tunch and I used to talk about storming the castle. You know, and, and, and yeah. Magical Max or Billy Crystal, what was it? I, I forget the character he was playing, but uh, it was like Magical Max or something like that. And he would say, oh, have fun yeah. storming the castle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because have fun storming the castle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right, Billy Crystal. You got to have that. You know what I mean? But you do have got to have got these guys that storm the castle that overcome regardless of who's in front of them, how it happens. You know, Cam Hayward is one consistent performer who uh, keeps coming up with with plays and, and and setting up other guys to make those plays. Because when you absorb the double team, now the single block guys, you got to win your battle. There's just no two ways about it. You got to win your battle. Whether you are uh, Devin Bush coming on a blitz, you got to win that opportunity that you have because it's not all that many. If you're Alex Highsmith, who you know is a lot is given to him, a lot's expected. You got to win that battle. And if you're T.J. Watt with the what eighty million dollar contract or whatever it was, you know. What's 80, that? I think 80, 80 guaranteed. Oh, yeah. And 100, yes. Oh, let's get the official yes. thing. Yes. So, yes. 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 So, no you got to win those battles, which he has done, you know? So, yes, yeah, I agree with it. you. Um, again, a lot is put on the shoulders of Chris Wormley, who, you know, that's not necessarily the role that he was, you know, brought in for in many ways. Um, because when you get behind it, a guy that's a heartbreaker and a widow maker, such as Steph Tewitt, that's that is a tough those are tough shoes to fill. That's a lot of sacks. If you get double digit sacks from a, a three technique defensive lineman, that's unbelievable. It, it is, and uh, also to go back, it's Miracle Max. Miracle Max, that's it. Thank you, Miracle Max. Yes, yes. Have fun storming the can, and of course, we cannot forget Inigo Montoya. Mm. Uh, that's right. Looking for the six-fingered uh, swordsman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Miracle Max. That's that yeah. was it. Tunch yeah, always used um, to quote him. Miracle Max. Yeah. Yeah. So so my 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 wife. That that's that's her movie. That, oh, she likes that. One, that's her number one all-time movie. Uh, so yes, Princess Bride. We've watched a lot of Princess Bride uh, in our years together. In our years together, we've watched a lot of Princess Bride. But uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that's it. But I think that's also the adversity of a season, right, Wolf? Is that yes, you're brought in for one role, but that role can and will expand, and you will have to become more than the role that you're relegated to or what they thought you could do. You have to break that mold every once in a while, and so that's what we're asking Chris, Chris to do. Uh, we're asking Mel, Melvin Ingram to do, as well, right? Right. Uh, and then you look at the the young guys in the secondary. They, they, they've broken that mold, and they've earned the opportunity. We talked about Trey Norwood. Um, and, you know, you heard Bob say it. Anytime you get a seventh-round pick that's playing before Halloween, yeah. that guy's exceeded expectations. So Absolutely. We're waiting for some guys to still meet expectations, and we have others who are exceeding them. But once those guys that we expect – to be big game changers become that it's going to be a heck of a thing to deal with because now the standard and the baseline for this team is raised that much higher right right now we're kind of faltering between the standard line and we haven't created a new standard so and and that's always what mike tom was looking for right when he says the standard is the standard yes it's just you want the standard that you're setting to be here Instead of well, remember we're on radio, so 
Tell us where the first here so, was. So the first here, because I get confused because I'm looking at, at Wolf on Zoom. Is, Which is, is a not a pleasant bar. sight early in the morning. I get it. Yeah. No, but you want the standard to be higher. Yes. And not have to lower your standards to make everybody meet the point. You want to make people raise the level of play to meet the exceptional play. And I think that that's the biggest thing that we haven't seen yet, right? We've kind of lowered our standard, and we kind of teeter between the two, right? We teeter between the standard line, some below, some above, as opposed to just pushing that standard level higher because everybody's playing at a high level. So let me ask you this. We've got – job one is to put the, the offense into third and long situations, all right? You want that third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, third and eleven, things that you can cut the dogs loose, the hounds, the hounds of the Baskervilles, just send them loose. Have them rip-roaring, going after the quarterback, okay? Get that. You know, the second thing is you want to make sure that um, guys that are one-on-one guys, they're winning their battles. Let me. Do you think we've replaced Mike Hilton yet? You know, I, I, I hate to put it that way, but in essence, I'm looking at this, and I look over the and, – and I think Trey Norwood is one component of it, and I think they're trying to fill it with Trey Norwood, Arthur Millette, uh, Miles, Miles Killebrew, whoever, you know, Cam Sutton, um, you know, all putting in time there. But do you think, have we actually been able to replace what Mike Hilton brought with his ability to blitz both run and pass downs and he had that innate sense of, of timing and w- working his way through the, the bodies at the, at the line of scrimmage? Uh, what do you think? I think we've, we've found some quality auditioners for that replacement i don't think we've replaced it yet with one person but i think like you just listed we have a group of guys who do certain things very well but we haven't found one that's all encompassing yet and i think that's the creativity is as you bring them along and as they figure out what their actual full role is on this defense i can say that we have not replaced him yet but we have some pretty good options since him. And I think that's kind of where we're at. But nobody has, has, has come out as a clear favorite. I think that's what you want. You want to have guys who come out as clear favorites as right. opposed to situationally having to scheme for what those guys do well. So long answer short, <laughs> no, we have not replaced him yet. I would I would tend to agree with you. I mean, I, and again, I, I look at Trey Norwood, and I think the fact is his uh, position flexibility speaks so highly. Of course, Cam Sutton too. Um, but there was something about Mike Hilton that he brought with his. Is I and one of the I'm, I'll be talking to Terrell Edmonds today, getting uh, doing a show with Terrell. And Terrell always talked about Mike uh, Hilton was really a six foot four, two hundred thirty pounder who was just in the form of a guy that was 510 and a buck 90 something like that you know but he said he had also this cloth his his cloak of invisibility his ability to go stealth mode and appear in the backfields out of nowhere and it was a disruptor it was one of those things that created always what dick lebeau talked about when he said the appearance of pressure is just as important as the pressure itself Knowing that Mike Hilton was out there, knowing that he was giving the, you that, that look like maybe coming off the slot, maybe coming off the backside, whatever, but that he was able to time it and be able to be a disruptor, 
that is that in and of itself has not been replaced. And that's, I think, problematic when you think about the fact that you're already done. If you go four guys, Max, you need Steph on to it. I mean, that's just as plain and simple. You need Steph to it. You need another guy on the inside that, as we were talking about, he's got to be one of those guys that, that is the dam breaker, the guy storming the castle. But if you don't have Steph to it, now you've got to start to manufacture pressure by other means. Oh, <coughs> and... Yeah, you know, I'll be interested to see what um what comes out of the Mike Tomlin press conference later today. Yeah, good point by you. Um, by the way, way to yeah. be a real host. All right, way to way to way to <laughs> way to preview it, <laughs> throw it out there for everybody. That's a good move. Oh, I got yeah, it. You know, it's 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 what we like to call them the biz, the tease, the tease. Way to tease it, buddy. Yeah, you teased it very well. There we go. Yeah, but I I think that I would love to hopefully hear an update or someone ask a question about that. Yeah. Um, as far as what is his status and availability, um, because I think we could speculate all we want about what could be versus what the reality is, um, and. You know, I, I, I put a lot on Steph to it, and we all do. Right. But, I mean, if the guy's unavailable, it's just well-wishing at that point. I might as well just go right down to the fountain and throw a penny in right now. Um, and, and, you know. It, you don't do we quarters, huh? You just go penny? Yeah, you know, I like to spread out the blessings. You know, I don't. that's a big commitment. That's 25 wishes you're throwing at one time, you know. Uh, Good point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a nickel, maybe if I'm feeling really good about it, you know, <laughs> like five to one odds, you know, but uh, <laughs> but never a dime or a quarter. Never, never a dime, dime or a quarter. Very unless good. my child asked for it. Unless my child asked for it. Then, then, Indeed. You know. Those are the things, though, that, that really, you know, when you think about this pass rush, because the pass rush has been the, the, the heart and soul of this defense for the past four years. Um, the ability to combine two guys on the inside like that because you can get away. You you if you can rush four, that is terrific because you can drop seven and that's all great stuff. But if you can't get good pressure with four, then again it becomes about manufacturing it by other means. And by other means was always Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton was that that uh, uncommon denominator that was thrown into the mix that created a lot of mayhem. Now you look at I see Devin Bush they're trying to do stuff with and. You know, uh, hopefully Alex Highsmith is is able to continue on the path that he's on because I think that kid is going to be a superb performer at some point in time. T.J. Watt is who he is and is getting the big money with who he is. But the fact is, there's that missing element between Mike Hilton and Steph Tuitt that they have not yet uh, been able to account for. Yeah, and and it's taking a lot of bodies to figure that out. Good point process. by you. Yes. Yeah, we've thrown we've thrown a lot of bodies at it trying to replace two. Think about this: we've we've thrown six bodies to replace two at Good it point. right now to figure out who can be that one, and we haven't found that one. That's why we keep getting these different mixtures, right? And also at linebacker, I mean, heck, we're still trying to replace Devin Bush of of two years ago. Yeah. Uh, with Devin Bush, that's here of this two year. years older. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and we brought in a Joe Schobert, right? And we and we created the dime package for Robert Spillane to get in there and, and try and do some things. So we're rolling through high rotation value, which, like I always say, the more guys you get playing earlier in the year, the better it bodes for you later in the year. That's a great point. Because it's, cause it's not too big of a moment because they've been in those moments already. Um, but at the same time, you want consistency. That's the other that's the other balancing act, right? That's the thin gray line that you got to balance. <laughs> Consistency. And what is 
on the good side of consistency and what's on the bad side of consistency. <laughs> and we still haven't found those guys yet. All right. We're going to be back with more after this. We're going to go and uh, we'll, we'll throw it out there, 412 because we want to get started with the phone calls. If you want to chime in and want to talk about the fact, oh, you know what, this is what concerns me coming out of the break, or yeah, I want to talk about this or that, hey, give us a call. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, we are back. And of uh, as we get going our business here, I always have to, you know, the thing about it is when, when you're Zooming like this with Max, I keep forgetting to mute. <laughs> now, if I, if I hit it right away at the start, in the morning, I'm good because it just becomes a habit. But if I forget, then all of a sudden it's like I'm scrambling each time because oh, I forgot to mute the stupid computer. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you're just you just you just in that forever perpetual cycle of trying to get through it and try and get it right. It's all good, but I'm here as your backup, sir. <laughs> we I got to bring up Jacob. You got to come on and tell him about that. All right, he holds up something for, for he, he's got this paper right. He comes in here yeah. and it says mute in ginormous letters. <laughs> and from day one, he's he's delivering to me the paper. And you gotta see this. <laughs> oh, oh, that 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 that's at least a size seventy-nine font right there. <laughs> Easily. And and I mean and I love it. It's artistry because you could tell it's almost like he went like <laughs> A maniacal pin to get it as big as possible, right? No sharpie. This is all a little pin, and he made it very bold. And even still, you know, he just needs to tape it to the window. So when you look at him, you think mute first. That's exactly it. That's too funny, man. Because from day one, he would have that. He'd hold it up, and I'm like, after a period of time, like, okay, I'm getting this. Now we got to go back to basics, as Bob Labriola was saying, which Chuck Noll was always. Back to basics when you're when you're not hitting on all eight cylinders. All right, the number is 412-919-1316. Max, I got to ask you, Case Keenum, Baker Mayfield, who's coming, do you think, you know, with all the injury stuff? Who are we going to see? It's Brown Steelers. Right? It's Brown Steelers. It's a lot of blood there, a lot of bad blood, because you know Ben is pissed first and foremost, because of the playoff game. Right. And that's been burning and gnawing at his cross since the beginning of this year. And he's going to come out and he wants to exact revenge, especially in the Brownie Stadium, right? I mean, mm. that that's the first thing you want to do. So if it's me and I'm the Browns knowing this, I'm, I'm going to put I'm going to put Baker in there until he gives me a reason not to be in there. You know, if I'm the Browns, if I'm the Browns, I'm running with Baker Yes, Case is good, and Case was good on shorthanded week, right? You right. Know, you have the injury um, on Sunday. Boom, you got You got to get somebody in there Thursday. Great shorthanded week. I mean, Case Keenum's been doing that his entire career. Um, when it comes to a week of prep, though, I just I don't know if I can say definitively. I mean, Baker gives you just as good a shot, um, but he's your franchise guy. And if he says he can go – you know, you roll with it, right? I mean, that that's the role of the starter, and especially a quarterback in this league. He wouldn't do anything to personally detriment the team first. So if he says he can go, I have to trust that. 
until otherwise proven. So I would probably start out with, with him, but I'm expecting our defense to hit him early and often. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Case later in the game. Well, you sit there and you think, uh, well, he's got uh, uh, a torn labrum. Uh, he's not also got shoulder. he's got a fracture in the shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, no, yeah, you said not, no, his non-throwing shoulder. Not, yeah, non-throwing shoulder yes, where the labrum exactly. is. So, because if it was throwing shoulder, IR. Well, right, you're done. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Well, maybe yeah. now he you're missed done. last week, like we were talking about. With, with and Case filled in twenty-one of thirty-three, uh, buck ninety-nine in, in passing. Okay, that's a good performance. That's exactly what you said. That's what you expect out of your backup. Got to be able to come in yeah. and instantly be able to take over the offense and do a, a good job. Maybe not the greatest of job, but a good job, and he certainly the did. Fa- the facilitator. The fil- yes, yes, the and he will fa- be the facilitator. All right, so I, I think again, I was surprised Teddy Bridgewater was cleared to play after taking it, you know, getting concussed. That was ridiculous. I was but, a little and, bit surprised. And, and, and by he looked, and he looked like the entire first half. Yeah, he did. He he did catch on fire in the second half, and and things picked up. But I was surprised about it. I would think I know Baker. He, they, they're talking medically. I've heard some people talk about the fact he it might take like three weeks, which would put him as a candidate for the IR. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't expect him to do it. This is his for labrum sh- surgery. Well, no also he's got way. a he's got a fracture in the collarbone. I, I yeah, don't know how that, big I, it is. But, yeah, but if you're going in to do both and not either or, yeah, uh, a that's risky going in twice in the same region. Right. Um, for a surgery, if you're trying to separate the surgeries. Oh, yeah. Um, secondly, once that la- once you go into that labrum, done, done. Because you're wearing you're wearing a strap that's attached to your chest. Yes. With your with your with your fist up towards that clavicle. Right. And it's pinned to your body. I don't know a single quarterback in this world that can go out there and play one handed. <laughs> Especially if it's your right hand. Yeah, especially if it's your, especially you know, for him it's and, his and left hand, but is his left? Is the is, yeah? I, I'm sorry, my 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 zoom. I went. I'm a left-handed, so I went to my dominant hand being yes. available. So that, that's my fault. But yeah, I, I I don't know a single one that could possibly do that because you need two hands to catch the ball in the shotgun. You need two ball, two hands to catch it from from even under center. So yeah, if he goes with the labrum surgery or they force him to take the labrum surgery, bye bye bye. In the words of Backstreet Boys, <laughs> very good indeed. By the way, my because brother Dale, IR, my youngest know. brother Dale, he was a bodyguard yeah. with them. He oh, worked, okay, yeah, not, yeah. not a roadie. He was a bodyguard. No, Sweet. he was a bodyguard. Yeah, he he traveled okay. with uh, Backstreet Boys. Traveled with uh, Michael Bolton. He was with Prince. You know, I mean, he, oh, oh. yeah. You know, he I was, can't imagine the body. I mean, his bodyguarding gigs were a lot different than if he had to do some other guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it was more so holding back women. Uh, you yeah, know. he he yeah. was in Monaco. <laughs> uh, true story. He was in Monaco. This is years and years ago. Obviously, he was with the Backstreet Boys. He, they stepped out of limos, and there was like ten thousand screaming females. And I, my, my 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 brother Dale just goes, "It's not a bad gig." <laughs> yeah, not nah, not a bad gig. Nah. This crowd suppression's a lot nicer than other crowd suppression. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, why don't we get to the phones? The number is 412-919-1316. Let's get the guys from Chicago and Charleston together right here in the locker room. Hello, CR and Juan. Are you with them? Hey, what's going on, guys? CR, sitting in Chicago with my, my, my road dog, Juan. Say hi, Juan. Hey, good morning, buddies. How y'all doing? We're doing, doing fabulous. Good. All right, what you got this morning? Hey, so 
Oh, go, go ahead. Why don't you go first? Oh, all right. So I was listening to you guys. I'm with you guys. I want Baker to play so Cam Healy can sandwich him again like he did last year. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. No doubt about it. <laughs> and also, so with the game, so what you guys think? Um, or for the coin toss, do we get the ball first or do we defer? What you guys think? I always want the ball first. I'm I'm a, I'm an offensive lineman. Uh, I think Max probably is the same way. Although he might be strategy wise, he might be copacetic with put, passing it off to the end. But I always I hated sitting around after warmups waiting to get on the field. You know, you just let's go out and let's just tango, baby. Let's get it going. You know, you want to bang somebody. But see, my thing is, if if I'm the Steelers and like you said, I, I I'm going on the strategic. I want the double score opportunity. True. I want I want an opportunity to be on the field twice before that other offense gets out there. So if I can hold the ball, possess at the end of the half, get some points on the board, and then come right out at a halftime and <clears throat> and put the proverbial foot on the throat. That's what I want. I, I want I want to put you into the ground. I want to throw the flowers <laughs> on your grave. That's what I want to do. So I always like the deferral with the mindset that we need to be the last one holding the ball so that we can be the first one out the gates holding the ball. And guess what? Your nice shiny toy, your million-dollar man, your franchise quarterback, he's on the sidelines, you know, just watching. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God, how many points do I have to come back from at this point by the time the next time I touch the field? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like with Coach T. You know, Coach T. He like to do that two for one. Um, try to score before halftime and get the ball right back before, um, when we come back out the locker room. So I agree with you on that one. Plus, he was a wide receiver. Yeah. You know, offensive line. We want to get to the task at hand. Let's go out and hat. Just put a hat on yeah. a hat. Hit somebody. I want to hit somebody as soon as I can. I don't want to be waiting for five, ten, eleven minutes, something like that, and cool off. Well, you're hoping your defense will get a three and out. That's what you're hoping, Wolf. Right. Putting them out there. I first. gotcha. So, so it's delayed gratification. You just gotta. I want to wait two minutes longer, and then I want to be the guy that gives you the seven minute drive <laughs> that I just grind you down into dust. I don't even want paste. I want dust. I want all fluids to be done, and you're dried up. Except for you're in, you're in Cleveland. Let's quiet the crowd, baby. Let's go out there and put the hammer I to I don't them. care. I have a dog in my house. I don't mind barking. I don't mind barking. I got a dog hey, right man. here. Hey, so, hey, one more thing, then I'll let you go see our So did you guys see uh, Miles Garrett um, Halloween decoration in the yard? No, I didn't. Yeah, he yeah, I saw like, that. What he has all the, the graveyard? Oh, okay. With the, with the graveyard, and he had Big Ben. And he had Big Ben has the biggest graveyard in his yard. Well, we shall yeah. see, won't it's we? Called, we? It's called wishful thinking. That's why it's fantasy. Halloween's fantasy season. So <laughs> I don't, I don't, okay, I don't surprise. <laughs> I, I want to shout out to hey Jacob. You keep him straight, brother. Without you, these guys would be lost. You got the power. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, the I mute want to man. Shout out to, uh, to my guy and Peppy. Hey guys, we, we need your city and state so we're gonna hook you up. We got a hunt and three calls so far this season. Anyway, um, and here's what I want to talk. I got three quick points. If you guys give me a sentence or two on each one, I appreciate it. Uh, number one, uh, to improve the second half of the season, I think first and foremost, Ben should play more under center with uh, play action passes. What's it, one I like that. that. We've been talking about that from day one. I wish we had more play action. Um, get under center there. There's no doubt about my, my mind about that. 
Run yeah, success I, precedes play action success. Right. That's my sentence. All right. Yeah, that's going to be for downrange down effectiveness. Number two, uh, more tight end involvement in, in beyond the line, line of game, passing game. What do you think about that? I think we've also talked about yeah. that. Yeah, you're right on, man. I mean, you, you, we've seen Fryermuth come on. He's been getting more targets. Uh, Ebron, I wouldn't be surprised if they start to target him more when you if you can go with some 12, 13 personnel. And I love the fact that you could take him and split him out from that from that personnel alignment. All right. Do I get my sentence, CR? Let me get yeah, my come sentence. on, man. What kind of show sentence. host are you? I, I have a, I have a good I have a good analogy here, CR. Okay. <laughs> There's always a game, right, you know, that we played as kids. You know, obviously there's one, you, you know, you keep, you date, you marry, right? You know, or toss, marry, and whatever. Um, I would say Ebron, Ebron flex, Gentry mm-hmm. inline, Friar move double duty. That's it. That's my three tight end okay, comparisons. Duty, That's what it is. What's that? Meaning he, he can block and flex out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, like that. that would be my sentence on the tight ends. There we go. You sound like you got some skills. <laughs> and finally, Maybe. third, and uh, uh, I think very, very important, more fullback involvement in the rushing and passing game. Comment. We've said it before. Give me more cowbell. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah, that it, cowbell, it, it, baby. Explore yeah, the and, room. And, and this is something where, you know, I've had this conversation with Ron Craig's brother out here in Arizona being a former fullback. You know, it, it's 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 – the age of the dinosaur, when you think of the fullback in its truest form, but the teams that can utilize it, do have them on rosters, need to actually utilize them. Because we look at the successful ones. We look at the Patrick Ricards. We look at the Kyle Use checks of the world where they're utilized properly. And I think that's something that we have to continually look at because we're in a division similar to the NFC West. We are the AFC North. We're the precursor to what the NFC West is today. And fullbacks are important, especially when you get into colder weather later in the year. You want to have that battering ram be there, mm-hmm. but also have a guy that can also have soft hands. You need a guy with with with, with, a, with a dull head and soft hands. That's Not, what you're looking for. Which would preclude Rosie Nicks. Okay, we got to go to break. Yes. What do you got, okay, CR? Uh, in the meantime, in between time, who rides? <laughs> we ride. <laughs> All right, we'll be back for more riding after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. 412-919-1316. We're going to go to the phones. We got Bill from Indianapolis. Bill, you're in the locker room. Hello, Bill. Hey, guys. How you been? We're doing fabulous. Doing good. Good, good, good. So, uh, I have a, a comment about uh, just taking the ball and deferring and then uh, kind of an expectation. And, and it, it really, it all kind of centers around offensive line play. Um, first, I've been saying for, for as long as I can remember, uh, probably since the rules started where you can defer, that I think it's the best strategy for every team, whether you're at home or on the road. If you defer uh, and it's home, you have you have your crowd wound up and ready to uh, cheer on the defense, uh, especially Steeler-driven more so. 
uh, because that's what the Steelers want. You know, they want that crowd involved with the mm-hmm. defense. And then, and then secondly, um, if you if you give the the team the road team that ball um, to where they're getting in the second half, everybody's up in the uh, in the concourses and the restrooms and the stadiums, not nearly as electric as it is at the start of the game. And I also think that's true on on um, when when you're on the road. If you can take the ball in the second half, uh, in addition to that, you know, before halftime opportunity, if it presents itself. But you're certainly coming out of halftime where again the stadium's not not full and all full of uh, you know, for lack of a better word, rabid fans uh, uh, barking at you or wherever you're at. Uh, regarding offensive line, what, what I'm hoping to see an expectation is more of that uh, that. Uh, that extra lineman reporting is eligible. Not necessarily, I don't necessarily need to see Derek Watt because I've seen him enough, and I don't see that that's really benefiting our running game. He's, he's been getting on the field the last few weeks, and we're not. it's not like there's plays. So see, I told you, watch, watch the difference. It, it, he's, he's really not made that much of a difference on the, uh, on, on the from an offensive standpoint. I'd like to see him catch the ball maybe. That, that could be nice. But maybe getting Ebron out of that uh, second tight end and getting another lineman in uh, and uh, finally just – Get, what do we got to do to get these guys to get off the ball? Because they're getting pushed back way more, it seems, than they're going forward when at the snap of the ball. And uh, you, you both be an offensive lineman. You know, if you could kind of give us some insight on on that. You know, what we got to do to improve that? And your thoughts on taking the ball? I think we've talked about it enough. But anyways, thanks for for everything. I love listening to you. All right, uh, no problem. So, so. Let's address the first one, right? Extra, extra lineman in and the tight end position. That is that. That's a good theory. Um, I think depends on the health of Zach Banner first and foremost. I think Joe Haig is more of an offensive lineman built true and true for positions flexibility. I don't think you want to put him in as an extra tight end. You need a little bit of athleticism there, and not to say that Joe's not athletic, but his skill set is built as a traditional offensive lineman. Um, so Zach Banner's health is one because he's been, he, he, he's still in the protocol range of figuring out what his health and comfort is right. Coming off of that ACL. Second thing to say that, you know, Derek Watt, I, I, yes, he's gotten more snaps per se accountability on the field, but I don't think they put him in the right position to be successful and truly utilized as a fullback because you see like when he is deployed, it's been a little bit of H-back. He's flexed out in the slot. He's sitting there in what we call pony personnel in, uh, in shotgun where he's side-by-side with you know on one side of the quarterback and the running back's on the other side, and then they're motioning one of them out of the, out of the backfield. So it's not the eye formation where I think he can be more effective or even an offset eye or being the wing that's running the crack on a uh, weak side counter. Like, that, that's where I think Derek Watt could be more effective and more efficient. Um, Eric Ebron, we already talked about it. Like, Ebron should not be the inline guy of your tight ends, but he can be the backside guy if it's a play-action pass. So you don't want to take away that advantage that Eric Ebron presents. But if you're going to utilize guys for mainly blocking, you should think more Gentry, Fryer move. And if you go into 13 personnel, three tight ends, he could be a flex option the wing that flexes out and take and takes a guy out of the box. So there, that's a couple of ways to describe your questions as far as how we're viewing it. And when we're making these statements about seeing more Derek Watt, 
that's what we want to see him. It's more so seeing him in the right light versus just seeing a snap on the snap count meter. Um, and then for Eric Ebron, I want to see what we get with Zach Banner and what his availability is before we can determine. But I don't think just putting an extra lineman out there is going to be the answer because I don't want to see B.J. Finney at extra tight end, right? He's a guard. You know, he's a little dump truck. So I don't want to see him out there trying try to, quote, unquote, you know, run the tight end responsibilities. It takes the right athletic uh, offensive lineman to be there as a jumbo tight end. Anything else, Bill? No, I, I, well, I should have said Banner because that's exactly who. I want him to go back yeah. into that role yeah. and, and help relate it. And, and that makes sense. That's, I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing with Watt, that when he's in there, he's not he's not making plays. But to your point, I agree completely. He's not being he's not lead, leading Najee. Well, so, the, all right, it's guys, not being you. utilized. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate the call. And the number is 412-919-1316. Max, I agree perfectly with what you said about the utilization of, of Derek. Here's the thing about it, too. Um, to make him more proficient and more valuable, they've got to throw the ball to him once in a while. They've got to get the ball to him to make him more more viable. The other part about it is he also does a nice job of running that split zone where he's the guy, the H-back, coming across and leading. One of the things that Derek Watt has is having the eyes of a running back is important in that position because as you're running the counter – you are looking and reading the linebackers as well as the, the actual blocking combinations right in front of you. And I think he adds value in that area and could have more value in that area. And certainly you, the things you can do with him from a, a 21 or 22 personnel is the fact that you could use him in a pony formation, anything like you said from the eye, but you could also H back him up. He could even get in line as a tight end on the backside, not at the point of attack, I would say. But, you know, do yeah. those things, too, that could add to his value. But, it's again, it's not about just putting him in there. It's about how you utilize him, and I think you're right yeah. on track with that. Well, here's the thing. If you're going, hunt, if you're going duck hunting, right, you throw a decoy out in the pond. Right. What, what, that's what you, but, but that's my point. That's what you need. You need a good duck call. And that's what a pass to Derek Watt is. It's the duck call. Because if not, it's just a piece of plastic or wood sitting in, sitting in the water. But the duck call makes it sound more realistic. A pass to Derek Watt makes that a lot better. Yes. And that, that's what you're talking about. So, so look at that. You let it in perfectly. Look at you, Segway King. Just, you right. know what? We, <laughs> we got it going here, brother. You know, we're going, Rant. we got the duck calls. Yeah. We got all kinds of stuff going on. But that's yeah. what it's about. That's what, you know, I mean, really, this offense, this, I, I just feel like this offense at times is ready to explode if they can put it together. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. one of those things where it's a 30, 40-point game. If they just get some things tied down and, and some of the things come through, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It just feels like they're, they're an eight-cylinder engine that's getting along on six. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple misfires there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's not quite giving you all the piston strength it can give you. Um, but I, I, I think, that, and that's what we're waiting. I, I think that's that's the issue, right? It's 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 just like the first time you know a mechanic gets his degree, <laughs> you, you know, and you get your first engine you're working on. You're like, wait a second, hold on. I I, I work I worked on a 492. Uh, why 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 do you want me on a 396? I'm like, uh, I I. I worked on the bigger engine. I, why am I working on the smaller engine now? And that that's what you kind of get with coordinators, right? You, you like, I worked Wait on a minute, this. Wait a minute, are you engine and this guy? Philosophy. Are you a car I, guy? I, I, I'm a car guy. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, I grew up. I grew up around cars my entire life. That's why I went and decided to get into the car business because I love cars. But but I think that's the that's the biggest thing. The mechanic has to figure out how to work the smaller parts. I mean, yes, it's the same general philosophy, right? Offense is a philosophy and a side of the ball. I'm used to offense, but. If I'm working with the bigger offense, right? You come from college, you got more bodies, you got more things you can do. But when you get to pros, it's smaller, but they're better pieces, right? Right. Better parts, right? I, I want, I want, I want, you know, Edelbrock headers. I don't want the crappy headers, right? And so if I'm giving the, you know, it's like I got these really good headers that I can use, <laughs> but you know, you have these other ones on here. That's what you have to get used to. How do I assemble these pieces? Just, you know, something's moved over just a millimeter to one side or the other. It doesn't quite fit perfectly, and you got to use a special, you know, bolt or, or something to put it in there. And I think that's what we're kind of dealing with is Matt Canada has to figure out how to craft this engine to be perfect. And that's what he's still figuring out through six weeks as the coordinator here. How do I get that engine performing at, at its best level? All right, we got the Mike Tomlin press conference coming up. What do you want to hear? Uh, I want to hear a step to it update and a positive update. Uh, oh, wouldn't that be great? Banner update. And, yes. you know, I, I think, you know, the health, the health report, I think, is, is ultimately what I'm getting at. What's the health of the team coming out of the bye? Did, t- did they get better or are there still some issues with players? And I don't want to hear anybody on the COVID protocol list. <laughs> Beautifully. (laughs) Well said, Max. Thank you so much. All right. We'll be back tomorrow, Max. And and we've got Jacob and myself, of course. And we will be back for the Mike Tomlin press conference coming right up after this. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. But tomorrow morning, we'll see you. Thank you, Max, so much. Appreciate you, brother. And we'll see the rest of you tomorrow morning.